Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Hello and welcome to Reflections from the Heart. My name is Rob Longo with Stewardship, a mission of faith, and I'm joined today with my compadre, Tom DeAngelis. How you doing, Tom? Good, Rob. How are you doing? Doing good. So for those uh, of us who are steady listeners, uh, you're used to hearing David Abel's voice. He wasn't able to join us today, but David, we love you and we look forward to having you back. Um, and for all those who have never heard this before, Reflections from the Heart is a gospel reflection. And you might be saying, what the heck is a gospel reflection? So that gospel reflection is simply what it, what it says. It's a time for us to sit and pause, put the brakes on, on life for a while and reflect on the gospel. And the specific gospel that we will be using is the gospel that we will hear for this coming Sunday. Uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll read the gospel. And then Tom and I will just share what the Holy Spirit puts in our heart. And we just invite you to do the same. Just ponder the words. And, and usually a word or a phrase will jump out at you and just kind of chew on that. Uh, if you're with anybody, you might want to share some of your your thoughts, inspirations with uh, with those who you're with. And if you ever want to join a gospel reflection group or start one, we can help you. Uh, we can help you do that at Stewardship and Mission of Faith. Just give us a call or or send us an email, and we can send you everything you need to, to get that going. Uh, so why don't we start with a prayer? And just coming off of Christmas, Merry Christmas, everybody. And unlike the stores that stop you know, right at Christmas, you know, they, they get us all hyped up, we're just starting the celebration, right, Tom? So this is, yeah, still, this is still Merry Christmas. So Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, but one of the things that could happen in the, in the midst of all the hustle and bustle is that our peace could could be uh, could be taken away a little a little bit at a time? So there's a beautiful prayer in our in our prayer book called "Prayer for a Peaceful Spirit." So why don't we open up with that? In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please, Lord, slow me down, ease my pounding heart, quiet my racing mind, steady my hurried steps. Amidst the confusion confusion of my days, grant me the calmness of your peace. Help me to know the truly restoring gift of sleep. Teach me the art of taking time off, to slow down, to see the beauty in your creation, to chat with a good friend, to read a few lines from a good book. Remind me each day that there is more to life than increasing its speed. It is living each moment with you and for you. Let me look upwards into the branches of a towering oak and know that it grew great and strong because it grew slowly and well. Please, Lord, slow me down. Teach me to be gentle and humble of heart, fearing nothing of this world, as you are my Lord. Grant me rest for my soul, now and eternally with you. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Son the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. So, Tom, if you could read the gospel for us, that'd be awesome. Okay. This is, again, it's uh, from the gospel according to Luke, chapter 2, verse 22 to 40. When the days were completed for their purification according to the law of Moses, they took him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, just as it is written in the law of the Lord, 
Every male that opens the womb shall be consecrated to the Lord and to offer the sacrifice of a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons in accordance with the dictate of the law. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, awaiting the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him and had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had seen the Christ of the Lord. He came in the spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform the custom of the law in regard to him, he took him into his arms and blessed God, saying, Now, Master, you may let your servant go in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of all the peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory for your people Israel. The child's father and mother were amazed at what was said about him, and Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rise of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be contradicted. And you yourself, a sword will pierce so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived seven years with her husband after her marriage, and then as a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day with fasting and prayer. And coming forward at the very time, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were awaiting the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had fulfilled all the prescriptions of the law of the Lord... They returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Thanks, Tom. And uh, I just think of of Simeon and Anna, just just heroes, you know, heroes in faith, uh, old in years, but young, young in heart, young in spirit, you know, just... Like Anna praying and fasting nonstop, you know. It's, so she had such a a childlike faith. Simeon was was at peace, right? He was ready to go, but you know he he knew that God had a plan for him to see to see the the Savior before. Um, and once he knew, he had laid his eyes on on Jesus, on the Savior. He said, "Yeah, call your servant home. I'm ready to go." He was yeah. he was he was in peace. Um, so these are beautiful readings at this time and this Sunday is December 31st and you know it's the end of this calendar year beginning of a new year I know we talked about this at the uh, at the end and the beginning of of a new liturgical year on the show before but now you know more people are are used to making those resolutions Uh, and as we're preparing for the calendar year to end uh, you know what is God calling you to do and what is he calling me to do? Uh, we had a conversation with, some, with our kids about resolutions, and they say, "Well, how long? How long are you supposed to do those? <laughs> how long do they last?" I said, "Well, you know, some of them might be forever. You know, if it's, you know, I'm going to quit smoking, or I'm going to, you know, stop drinking, or I'm going to start exercising. You know, those things are lifestyle changes that, you know, God willing, could, you know, could go on forever. And what's what's my spiritual resolution this year that that God wants me to change uh, or to add or to do something different that's not going to be 
you know, a couple of days, a couple of weeks, a couple of months, but a, a life changing, life long, uh, you know, embarking on a lifelong journey. So I'm, uh, I'm open wide, Lord, so please uh, show me, show me the way. Yeah, I think too, Rob, you know, one of the things we have to be aware of in uh, making our resolutions is to, is to always be sure that we're asking the question of, you know, what's God's will? You know, what, and, and, I, and the thing I think of all the time when I think about God's will is what is our vocation? What are we called to be? And that translates into what area of our life can we love the best in? That that we're it may not be, you know, the world says, well, you ought to go after your bliss. You ought to go after the thing that makes you feel, you know, the best. That makes you feel, but that may not be what allows you to love the best. It may be that it's a difficult area. It's a challenge. It's working in a soup kitchen. It's, you know, it's collecting clothes for the poor. It's doing, you know, that, that, that um, gospel that we read few, several weeks ago, you know, what are, when, the, when the master comes, he's going he's gonna to ask, you know, did you feed the hungry? Did you clothe the naked? Did you give drink to those who are, did you visit those in prison? Did you do those things? He's not going to ask if you, were you happy your whole life? You know, did, <laughs> were you fulfilled? Did you really, did you really feel in your heart that you were, you had purpose in life? You know, our purpose in life is to, is to love deeply, is to love the way the Lord loved, you know, that he gave us our gave us our presence he gave us our you know our the gifts of everything that we have and everything that we are and how are we called to love him in return you know he the greatest present that we got is is the incarnation you know is what, which we just celebrated so you know how are we given back in love um, our church has often described the incarnation as god condescending to come to us and and i think that's a very well chosen word because it really is I think a sacrifice for God to cross that infinite distance between him and us and become one of us and then live like us, take on our sin, you know, not knowing it from doing it, but knowing it from being exposed to it, knowing it from being hurt by it, knowing it from having seen it and seeing the suffering and pain that it causes. You know, uh, the woman caught in adultery, the, you know, the people that are that are sick and, and you know, and hurting in their lives and... Uh, the, you know the broken families, the the poverty that he that he was exposed to. You know all that that business. But you know we're called to 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 do that. We're called to live that kind of a life, and not you know when we get to the end say, well I was fulfilled. You know I was I was happy. I'm I'm glad I lived this life. You know, but more did I do what you wanted? You know did I did I give you what you asked of me? Did I did I love the way you loved? You know, and I often tell the guys that when I'm talking to them on the football team, I said, you know, a lot of times you'll measure yourself against a great player. I said, what we ought to be measuring ourselves against is you ought to look at the crucifix. And thankfully, every place where I talk to them, you know, Catholic school football team, there's a crucifix. So I point to the crucifix and say, that's what we have to measure ourselves against. Did did I give that much? Did I give, you know, where am I? Where do I fall on the scale between here? And there, between here and the cross, you know, that's what I'm going to be measured on. That's what, it, and that's what God calls me to do. You know, how much closer can I get there? So anyway, kind of took us off of the the reflection of the, um, you know, around the Christmas time. But the other thing I wanted to mention is this this uh, prayer from Simeon for those um, people who are, you know, used to doing the liturgy of the hours at night prayer every night. That's a prayer that we say 
right before we close our eyes and go to bed. And it's a beautiful prayer. It's called the prayer of Simeon. And it's it's one of the last things that we pray at night before we close our eyes and go to bed. If you pray the night prayers from the liturgy hours. Now, Master, you you can let your servant go in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of all people, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. It's a great prayer to to pray, even if you don't pray the liturgy, the hours. It's a great prayer mm. prayer to pray right before you put your head down. You know, now you can let your servant go in peace. And th- thanks, Tom. So I was I was looking at that a, a light for revelation to the Gentiles. You know, thank thank God mm-hmm. that yeah. uh, people like Saint Paul and you know others have spread the good news to uh, you know, to to the Gentiles because we you know, we're. We're beneficiaries of that, yeah. Um, and glory for your people, Israel. You know, so we need to continue that that spreading of the good news because you know it's gonna you know, um, you know the more Gentiles come to believe, then the veil will be lifted from yeah. our Jewish brothers and sisters to see Jesus as their Messiah. So I love uh, there's a handful of of folks that I know who were born and raised Jewish who are now. Christian, uh, mm. non-Catholic Christian or Catholic Christians, and it's just beautiful to see and talk to them about about their journey. Like they yeah. met their Messiah, you know, like all yeah. their lives they're yeah. praying for and waiting, and then they met their Messiah, and yeah. uh, it's just it's it's beautiful. It's really beautiful. Yeah, I've often wondered about that. You know, um, I've known some some people of Jewish descent, and some were practicing, you know, more toward the Orthodox side. I don't think they were Orthodox per se, but they were at least, you know, carrying on the traditions. And then there were others who were, you know, very non-traditional and didn't practice the faith. But, I, you know, I think at some point when, you know, because some of them will t- would, t- would tell me, <clears throat> we don't feel the Messiah has come yet. But I've always asked them, did you ever check out the Gospels? Did you ever check out the Scriptures? Maybe he did come and some people missed it, you know, like maybe you ought to check it out for yourself instead of just taking somebody else's word for it. And uh, I don't know if it ever bore any fruit, but I always used to wonder that myself. Like if you were brought up in that tradition, wouldn't it occur to you that, well, somebody for the last 2000 years has been put out there as the Messiah, you know, and there's a whole tradition. Maybe I ought to look into that, you know, because from what I've heard, I don't know any of those kind of people, but from what I've read and heard in some of the websites that I've checked out, that most everybody, when they go looking, <clears throat> find what they're looking for. Mm. You know, you don't hear a whole lot of people that said, "Well, I checked out the the Gospels and the story about the Messiah, and uh, it's still bogus." You know, <laughs> it's still he's still not the one. So, anyway, I often wondered about that, but. Uh, the other thing, too, is, um, you know, when we look at this story, a lot of times we look at the person of Jesus and the person of Mary and say, you know, that Mary was given this this prophecy by Simeon, you know, the child is destined for the fall and rise of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be contradicted. And you yourself, a sword will pierce mm. so that the thoughts of many will be. And I've often thought, you know, and maybe it's because I'm a dad you know, and it, and, and it was probably around that time that I looked at it and I thought, that's, that's a tough thing for Joseph to be standing there listening to, to say, this is going to happen to, you know, to my spouse and to this children, this child that's been entrusted to me, you know, and it seems like there's nothing I'm going to be able to do about it because it's a prophecy. It's going to happen. And, 
you know, how I would feel if I heard that about, you know, within eight days of my oldest daughter, in my case, being born and hear a prophecy like that and say, you know, that had a, we, we think about how it hurt Mary to hear that and what it, you know, what a uh, challenge it must have been for her. But I think about Joseph too, because he had to live with that, knowing that as the father protector, you know, that there were things that were going to happen that were going to be out of his control. And he just had to trust God. I need to look this up, Tom, because I thought I remember reading or hearing somewhere that there was a saint or somebody mystic that uh, it was revealed to them that one of Joseph's greatest sufferings was to see what was going to happen and then knowing that he wasn't going to be there. Yeah, yeah. so that's uh, you know, we, for for the guys out there. You know, what a great example we have in Saint Joseph. Yeah. Um, you know, whether whether you're a biological dad or not. You know, we're all called to to spiritually father yeah. others, right? And you know, to practice and follow in the footsteps of Joseph. You know, with with his hidden, silent, courageous way is is a is a gift. It really is a gift that we can break away, especially in the silence. Especially you know now in our day and age, there's not a lot of silence, and we need to break away into the silence to allow God the Father to fill us up. So then we can be the fathers, the grandfathers, right. just the the men that we're called to be. And and as parents or anybody that loves another you know when i when i hear that a sword you know that that you yourself a sword will pierce i just think of how much it hurts when when the people that you love hurt mm-hmm. you know so if you can just anybody who's listening just think of someone that you love and think of an instance that they were really hurt and you felt it right so in those times we can we can go to the blessed mother Mm-hmm. Right, because she walked. Yeah. I mean, she she oh, yeah. she experienced so much suffering through the suffering of her son. We can we can ask her. We can ask Mary to please pray with us, walk with us, guide yeah. us, unite our suffering with with uh, with yours, and together let's unite it with Christ for the salvation of the world. But you know, it's yeah. uh, you know that that whole image of of a sword piercing your heart. Uh, you know, I've I've felt those things. Uh, you know, they, they say big kids, big problems. You know, my kids are only sixteen down to seven, uh, but you know, when they hurt, you hurt. Yeah. Uh, so we have a, a mother in heaven. Jesus gave us His mother. She's ours from the cross. Behold your mother. So we have a mother that that knows what it what it's like to have a, a heart that's pierced. Yeah, I, I think too of the all the times with uh, you know my daughters are older. They're you know grown and out of the house. One's married with some some of our grandchildren and uh but I, I often think of the difficult times and you have them and the older they get the sometimes the more challenging they are but uh the difficult times and we had you know we had good girls i couldn't have asked for you know better kids but uh but there are always times when you get down on your knees and you just pray you know to to the blessed mother you do do a rosary you know sometimes do it with the girls if they're they're hurting you know um and saint joseph you know because i know he knew you know the difficulty and i did i did hear the same thing rob uh i think it might have been a reflection uh might have been out of one of devin shot's cds or his book or something that um, there was a saint and a mystic who uh was revealed to that that was one of saint joseph's and even if it's just a pious reflection it still bears a lot of reality in terms of what things must have been like i mean i'm I'm sure it's not a doctrine of the faith that we have to believe but it's certainly 
helps us to understand the the fatherhood of Joseph and the role that he was called to and the sacrifices that he had to make and the fact that you know that must have been must have just you know been a sword in his heart too to know that he wasn't going to be there to be able you know to experience that and yet knowing that those things were going to happen you know and i and i think too you know obviously jesus knew the scriptures well um there's been you know some speculation that mary potentially was brought up in the you know in the temple and uh you know was dedicated to to god and she probably knew the scriptures and if you know the scriptures you knew isaiah and you knew the suffering servant and you knew that when the messiah came and if this is the messiah and the angel said this was the one that he's going to suffer He's going to be ostracized. He's going to be put out. He's going to be, you know, an outcast. He's he's going to be, you know, he's going to suffer uh, for the sins of the rest of us. And so they, she would have known that the shape of that at least, not the specifics, maybe a crucifixion or whatever, but certainly that had a weight on her heart, you know. And uh, uh, but but again, that's that's exactly what you said. We can go to them because they know they've experienced it. Whatever we're going through, they've gone through, you know, whatever, you know, whatever we're struggling with right now, whatever we're suffering, you know, they've, they, they have, you know, we share that experience with them. So we go to them and say, help, you know, help me get through this. Help me to understand what's the best thing I can do now, you know, that I'm, that I'm stuck with this problem or this situation. How do we get through this? How do we take this, you know, to bring us closer to you, you know? And those are all things that, you know, that Mary and Joseph experienced. So they're great role models for us. And a a beautiful, uh, beautiful journey that I was introduced to about 10 years ago is the whole idea of, of consecration and not the consecration at mass, but consecrating myself to yeah. Jesus through Mary. And the word consecrated is in here in the beginning. Every male that opens the room shall be consecrated to the Lord. And the, yeah. the word consecration, consecrate, consecrated means to set aside. So like the like the, the vessels, the holy vessels at mass, you know, that 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 hold Jesus' precious blood and 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 the Eucharist. Can you imagine someone using those for milk and cookies? No, I mean, the, the, these vessels are set aside for something special, right? They're consecrated vessels. That's us, that God wants us out of our own free will to set ourselves aside. I want I want in on that. So someone, a friend of mine, had the courage to, to give me a book about total consecration. And on, uh, on September, oh, I forget the start date, but our consecration date is October 7th. So... Mm-hmm. Um, so it was when our 10-year-old daughter was born and we were doing the consecration and she went through so much suffering during that consecration. Uh, the actual day of our consecration, October 7th, we made the consecration in the intensive care room that she was in as a mm. two-month-old little baby you know, with, you know, on, on a breathing tube. So talk mm. about suffering, like where I was kneeling at the foot of her bed or her crib, helpless. I mean, I couldn't do anything. So I had yeah. to totally just turn her over to God. And, and I think the Lord needed that or needed you knew that I needed that um, because sometimes I would want to control things like and it was it was my chance to say all right Lord I consecrated myself you know I want to be set apart but this she's yours yeah you know this little girl is yours I need to set her aside set her apart for for you as well so if anybody has ever heard of 
the making your consecration, what does that mean? If no, if people have never heard of it, it's a beautiful 33 day journey where your heart is just prepared to at the end on a, on a, on a feast day of the blessed mother, you make that consecration and it's not, um, worshiping Mary. It is to Jesus through Mary. Uh, and we have material here at stewardship, you know, different preparation booklets to, to take you on that journey to help take you on that journey. If, if you're with a group, it's awesome to do it with a group, whether it's a prayer group. We've had parishes that did it all together and they made their consecration together in the church on a, on a feast day. So anything uh, related to that, we could uh, we could help you out. So just give us a give us a shout if that is something that you're interested in. Yeah. And I think one of the things about Marian consecration that really hit me many years ago when I was reading a book by uh, Archbishop of Mexico, his name is Martinez, and he said that, you know, the role of Mary in in our salvation is, and the church is always referred to as a mediatrix of, of, of all grace that comes through her. And the reason why that is is because unless we become like her, unless our spirit, our mind and our heart become like her, as she says, uh, he says, the Holy Spirit can't conceive of the person of Jesus in our minds and our hearts unless they're like Mary. They have to be that pure. They have to be that. And so how do we get, you know, and then Pope John Paul talks about the rosary as the school of Mary. In other words, we as we pray and we reflect on the mysteries, we look at them through the eyes of Mary because who loves a son more than the mother? And if we can learn to love him the way she loved him. And that's the main thing is not so much that we worship, that, but that we put ourselves in her place and we say, what was it like for you? You know, how did you feel? How did you love him? How did you, you know, help me, help me have your kind of love for him? And I think that's the most important thing that we can get from that lesson. So there's a song uh, called Merry Christmas Mother, and it's a song written um, by two two men who loved the Blessed Mother and had an amazing relationship with their earthly mothers. And the refrain is, on that first Christmas morn when our Savior Christ was born, Mary held Jesus to her, to her chest. She trusted in God. He took care of the rest. Merry mm. Christmas, Mother. So, so just picture Mary, right, as yeah. that young girl holding Jesus to her chest. And for us, that's what she wants us to do. She wants us to hold Jesus. She wants us to receive him, to adore him, to worship him, to, to spend time with him and then trust God, trust God that he will take care of everything, that he has the plan, no matter how hard, how matter, how detailed we are, no matter, you know, our five-year plan or 10-year projections, whatever it is in, in our life, right. that God wants us to trust that his plan is infinitely better for us and our plan for us. So for all of us out there, let's pray for each other that that this year, this new year coming up, that we will grow in that pure, loving trust in our Heavenly Father. God bless you all. Thank you. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups, or call us at 717-367-0100. 
Stewardship, a Mission of Faith is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.